To the finally coming out podcast, yeah, where you have two gay moms mm-hmm. and a beautiful shit show. Yeah, we do. We have a beautiful shit show. Yes, we do. But today was a really beautiful day. It was. We got to hang out with the family. Yeah. Do you want to share what we did? Um, two of the kids came with us, mm-hmm. and uh, we met up with my parents mm-hmm. and somebody who. We refer to as being, like, my surrogate sister from Japan. Mm -hmm. She was here back in, like, the Earl... Before 2000 as an exchange student that lived... She lived with my parents, and now she has a family, and so every few years they come back and visit. So that was... That was nice to go and hang out with them. See, when you originally said surrogate sister, I was like, hmm. (laughs) Right? Because when I think surrogate, I think... So anyway, but... It was very nice meeting them. I don't them. know. They called... Mom and Dad started calling her their surrogate daughter. And I guess part of that was because we had all moved out at that point. We weren't living with Mom and Dad at that time. Yeah. Um, well, I was for a short time. Anyways, I'm sure you guys all really want to know this. Yes. Very, very fine <laughs> details of my life. Um, how are you doing, babe? I'm good. Uh, it, there, there's been a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Our beautiful, when is there not? Our beautiful shit show ha- is progressing. Yes. Um, you know, it's been interesting and it's not really the topic, but when teenagers start to experiment, mm-hmm. you know, we've given you updates kind of about Linnea, what's going on with her. She's still doing really She's well. She's doing really well. We but, have a super program. Yeah. Yeah. Things are um, good. Yeah. But the teens have now graduated mm-hmm. and they're experimenting and... I, I kind of feel like even though this has been incredibly difficult because it brings a lot, a lot of memories for me mm-hmm. um, about what I was like at their age and I was much worse, but, you know, what they're getting into, what's happening now, what they're wanting to experiment with, it's pretty scary, right? Yeah. Being And I've never been a parent before. Mm-hmm. And to be on the flip side of having to watch kids go through this is... It's it's added a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. The, so the last time our listeners heard an update, Julia was at camp. Things mm-hmm. were kind of turning around. Um, the next day, actually, after we recorded that, things did go very south. And I'm not going to get into all the details, um, but she is living in a group home now. Yeah. And um, uh, that has been... It was an easy decision in the sense that I knew I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Um, But extremely difficult. And watching choices continue, extremely difficult. Yeah. And maybe we can do a separate episode on addiction and what that looks like in two different perspectives. Yeah. In a future show. But yeah, definitely different being the person who's watching it unfold and sees the signs Mm -hmm. and 
but you handle it very differently, right? As a parent, as opposed to someone is in it. So I may, yeah. I'm the expert at helping people get clean and sober yeah. and knowing what they need to do, seeing the signs, but how you manage that is a whole yeah. different ball game. So that's yeah. another future episode. That's totally another, okay, another thing, but this is great. Yeah. Since we recorded our last podcast, Tamar, you went to your first Pride Parade. <gasps> I did. I did. Tell our listeners. What were you thinking? Like, it... Was it what you expected? Not at all. It's, you know, the way that they advertise on TV often and what you see is all the nudity and, like, it it comes across as very a very promiscuous lifestyle. Yes. And so I wasn't sure what to expect, to be honest. Yeah. And walking through the streets of Vancouver... People would walk by and we had our like, you know, pride stuff on and everything because you're so good at that kind of stuff. (laughs) Face tattoos, pride pride stuff, flags. Everybody was like, happy pride day, happy pride day. And I have never been in a location ever where I have felt that much unconditional love. Right. Like for us to walk around and, you know, this is part of getting into today's topic too, is that it's scary right? Being someone who's just come out last year, you came out a couple of years ago, knowing where you can and can't travel yeah, or like where is a safe space and thank goodness that Vancouver is a safe zone. But Vancouver I felt is actually number one, number one in the world for safe space places for uh, members of the community to visit. I felt so much love that day. I know. And there were so many different cultures and backgrounds. There was churches marching yeah. in the parade. Yeah. And it was so nice to see instead of this yeah. us against them. It is a family event. Totally. Like, I will say, and I don't know where the law sits on this here. <laughs> I will say that maybe I saw three women that were... Uh, Topless or vests and yes. that were open. But they were also biker chicks. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there was nothing. Nope. So, yeah. I mean, I would prefer if that part wasn't wasn't theirs. I think that at one point, Linnea was... It kind of... She was a little bit shocked for a bit. But um, otherwise, it is just fun. Yeah. And handing out stickers and, like... All- People were giving each other things. Like, there was a... a you know, um, a, a family that was sitting beside, yeah. we gave them a flag. They came and gave all sorts of cool little treats. Like, yeah. I think they were like Japanese treats. Yeah. Like everybody. And the other lady on the other side of us yeah. actually ended up, um, I think that they, she lived nearby and she went and got Linnea this mermaid Barbie. Yeah. And gave it to her like brand new in the box. And it yeah. was like, it's just really nice. And to see like actually everyone is welcome here yeah there was i felt no judgment Mm -mm. and it's different because today we were in an area that is the bible belt yeah and i remember sitting there saying you know we were walking back to move the car Mm -hmm. and i'm like i feel like i can't even hold your hand like i feel like our situation right now i we can't just be us and that's not a nice feeling and we did still hold hands yes but I would be cautious there about taking that any farther. Exactly. Um, I don't want, like, yeah. I think there's points where you need to kind of be safer and that kind of thing, but I also don't really believe in, like, completely hiding it either. Exactly. 
So that was good. Yeah. First Pride Parade. A win. So Such a win. Such a win. Yeah. I would say next time maybe we shouldn't show up three hours early to get a spot. No, we were pretty early, but we did have a really good spot. We did have a very good spot. Yeah. Okay, so today, today we are talking about questions that gay people ask themselves before coming out within the church. Mm-hmm. And, and this is for if you are listening and you're like, I'm gay, I don't know what to do. These are some things for you to ponder. Mm-hmm. But also, these are, because I know we have, I'll, I would probably say the majority, I don't know, maybe I can't really even say this, but of people that listen are people within the church who are not a part of the community, the LGBTQ community, um, but want it to be an inclusive environment. Mm-hmm. And these, so this, these are for you to hear to maybe deepen some understanding of what goes through our mind before we come out. Mm-hmm. So maybe to give some perspective of like, how hard is this? Um, today we're going to talk about part one. We're just going to give you five things and then next week we'll bring the rest to you. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not the rest, some more because really the questions are endless. Um, but to, yeah. And I, I want to bring something up before we dive too far into this is that not only is it difficult for, you know, people in the church, but it's also difficult for people who are not in the church because of the church. Yeah. Or not because of the church, because of some of the people in the church and the belief systems that are out there. Yeah. Because that is part of the reason why yeah. I was so scared. Well, that to come has altered too. society. It has. Totally. So, you know, when you're looking at this, I mean, we share, Melody and I get to share two very different perspectives, but I had the same fears mm-hmm. because I've known since I was young. Yeah. And I was born this way. Nobody, I didn't have any trauma. I didn't go through anything. But you know what I mean? Like it's. And born this way. It is. It's, it's a challenge. Yeah. Number one. How will my faith community react? Yeah. I mean, I think that's obvious that we think about that. But maybe not <clears throat> to the intensity of how crippling that actually is. Yeah. It's such a common concern. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's probably, like... The biggest. One of the biggest, yeah. Well, because you grew up with that community, right? Mm-hmm. And I just want to give a shout-out to some of the friends that I've got to meet recently. Yeah. Of yours. Yeah. Have been so kind and welcoming and affirming. Sorry, not welcoming. Affirming. But... It feels nice. It feels nice to have a conversation about God, about Jesus, and that is not thrown in the mix. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It felt so nice. So I know. you know who you are. I'm yeah. giving you a big shout out. A few right. of you I've met now. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Um, but we fear rejection. Mm-hmm. We fear judgment, discrimination, um, and and then isolation yeah. because then you're on your own. And it is terrifying. And that was one of, that was one of my biggest fears. Um, It also is one of the ones that has become, has been made the most true. Um, I lost the vast majority of my faith community. Yeah. And um, that I, the ones that I saw on a regular basis, I have lots of friends, 
that I've known over time that I'm still connected with loosely through Facebook or whatever. They kind of, they know we know what's happening in each other's lives, but I don't really see them very often. People that were very supportive. Mm-hmm. Now, but the, the people I see on the date, saw on the daily are gone. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So maybe I was with the wrong people on the daily before. I don't know. But, um, that is one of the biggest fears and it's one of the biggest things that came true. And it's, you know, we've talked about it on the show before is that for somebody who, you know, I was talking last week about my spiritual awakening Mm -hmm. and that was a very profound experience for me. It happened at church. It was like, that's God, right? Mm -hmm. Like there was no doubt in my mind after that moment that God spoke through that youth pastor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I I couldn't stop sobbing at the end of the service, but part of what has kept me out of the church, and we had a conversation about this, is the fact that I'm so, I don't want to go somewhere and, you know, and worship God in in a place where I could be looking around and the person behind me isn't accepting who I am. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that is really hard for someone who never grew up in the church is to want to go back. To go and back I, and fight for yeah, I who love, you are is... Yeah. yeah. I love going to church. I love sitting there holding hands with you. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I love the fact part of what drew me to you was the fact because you had such a strong faith. Yeah. And I thought that is so rare when I started dating. Oh, it, yeah. I had to, like, snag you up. That's, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's so many different reasons why mm. I snagged you up. But I the, hope so. <laughs> I think the biggest one for me is not seeing atheist or agnostic mm-hmm. on your profile. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I still, that's part of why I hesitate today to go. Yeah. Unless it's And it is affirming. like we've talked before about wanting the church to be the first place that people run to. But... If we're running to the church, we shouldn't also have to be defending ourselves to the church in yeah. order to be there. And that's that's a big part of it. Yeah. Number two, will I be accepted and supported by my family and close friends? Um, we had very different experiences yeah. when it comes to family and close friends, both. <laughs> yes. um, I knew my brothers would be supportive. I knew how my parents would feel. Did not know how that would play out over time, but I, um, took as long as I did to come out because I feared losing them. Not just losing them, I feared hurting them because I know that regardless of whether it's right or wrong, um, to act on being gay, um, I knew it would hurt them. Right. Because they would see it as something awful. Yeah. And so... Like, if you read my book, <laughs> Shamiest, nice little plug there, a Shamiest plug. Um, I talk in the book about how I actually contemplated, um, once I had realized it was okay to come out, I had contemplated waiting until they had passed. Yeah. Because I did not want to hurt them. Mm-hmm. And... Um, ultimately I realized I couldn't do that. That wasn't fair to myself and I needed to really give them the chance to kind of show up. Mm -hmm. And, um, but that is a, that's what, what we're living with when Mm -hmm. you've been raised in the church, like I have been and, um, you're, um, 
being shunned is very much a possibility or breaking the hearts, whether that's justified or not, of the people that you love the most, that's what we're dealing with. And here's how I have looked at this from my perspective is that you can find people within the church community that are affirming. Mm -hmm. And you almost have to seek out that community. Mm -hmm. And as much as, yes, it may hurt some of the people around you, which is, I think, ultimately our biggest fear, right? That we're going to lose our parents or our friends is, you know, if you allow yourself to take this opportunity to truly be who you're meant to be and you find that partner, I mean, hopefully you would outlast your parents, right? Well, hopefully, but I mean, there is that chance that you could up and die and then you've lost your chance. But, you know, what I'm saying is like, what if you know, you had held back and we had never met. Like, I wouldn't have met the love of my life. And I don't know how, honestly, do not know how I would have survived the last six months, especially three months. Like, I don't know how I would still be tuning into the world, period. Yeah. I don't know how I would be showing up for my kids if it wasn't for you. And that's what happens when you take a leap of faith. It is so intense and I'm like I don't just say this because it's us but it is so intensely obvious why God brought us together the way he did when he did yeah I agree yeah yeah so you have to take that leap of faith you do but that is what people are thinking Mm -hmm. people in your church that are contemplating coming out they're like okay so we're looking how is my faith community going to react but also, how are my family and friends going to react? I had, um, like I've said before, I only had a negative response verbally from my parents. Um, my faith community was actually very kind. Um, they did gradually drop out and then most of them have disappeared. Um, but um, that is going through our minds. I believe, though, that the people who are meant to be in your life will always be there or they will enter your life when you close a door and open another. Like when I quit drinking, I lost almost my whole entire network of drinking friends. Yeah. Most of them stopped calling me because, well, I wasn't as fun anymore. Although I was way, way. you're pretty fun, babe. Exactly. But that was a chapter. She's so fun. She can laugh without liquor. Exactly. Tune into that podcast, Laughing Without Liquor. Thank you for that plug, babe. You're welcome. But yeah, right? Like, yeah. 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 Babe, you want to share number three? Oh, sure I can. Babe? Yeah? What does the Bible say? Because you you were a pastor. (laughs) Um, You've done the whole theology thing. Technically ordained. Technically ordained. That's hot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it doesn't... I always say melody helps bring me closer to God. And I don't say that like in a whatever way. I say that because whenever I have been going through a hardship, you know what the first thing you do? You don't sit there and go, it's going to be okay. You're, everything's going to be fine because that drives me crazy because sometimes it's not going to be okay right away. It mm-hmm. will eventually. But Hopefully. what do you do? You pray for me. You bust out in prayer. And I saw. I bust out in prayer. She busts out in prayer. And it's like the waterfall soothing over the head. <laughs> it is very nice. But oh my that, gosh. That's what I mean. 
But what does the Bible say about homosexuality? Well, that is what we ask. Yes. And so there is this battle of, um, like, I mean, before we decide to come out, we're generally, that is, that is probably one of the first, the first question of, is it okay? Mm-hmm. Is this biblically acceptable? Because we would all have been taught that it wasn't. Um, is it biblically acceptable for me to come out? The Bible does not actually say anything about that. If you want to read about it, I could recommend some books. I can also say I do talk very briefly about it in my book. Yes, you do. There's another plug. Well, we're just plugging away here plug right away. now. Plug away, buy our book. Um, but no, it doesn't actually. Words were changed. Um, if you want to just Google 1946 um, movie. Actually, there's a documentary on it that talks about how words were changed and uh, basically, by the time that they were corrected, it was too late and the damage had been done. Um, but that question took me years of praying and studying and talking um, with people about it. And um, it that took that was like the first major hurdle. So that is going through people's minds. Um, and here's the yeah. thing. We all interpret things differently. Yes, we do. And it's humans that are reading the Bible mm-hmm. to the congregation. Is that the word you'd say? Yeah. Okay. So like pastors are reading scripture to the congregation and they are literally taking that scripture and interpreting it into their own words to the people. Mm-hmm. So it can vary. Like we've gone to an affirming church and when they read that same, you know, verse out of the Bible, it comes across very differently yeah. than it does from a welcoming church, which yeah. is, if you think about that, we have to start challenging our beliefs. Well, and we have to look at the context of when it was written. Like there's so many things behind it yeah. and you can never... Um, listen to one person's interpretation um, and go full throttle. That's the truth. That's what it says. Like you need to do your own work. You can't, you know, um, there's like, we talk a lot about um, babies drink milk. Well, and then gradually mushy foods and stuff. It's time for solid food and it's time to start digging in and not just having um, other people feed us with everything. Mm Mm-hmm. That's anyways, that's going through our minds. Is the Bible okay with it? How's my community going to react? How are my friends and family going to react? And then can I still be a faithful Christian and be gay? Yes, you can. You absolutely can. Look at you. (laughs) I mean, look at you. You're beautiful. I really, really, I have a tattoo that says, I mean, I I guess I can just let you keep going with that. I'm beautiful. You're beautiful. (laughs) And... You just have this amazing, I feel like you have this amazing connection with God. Thanks, babe. Like amazing. And I have told you often that I wouldn't be where I am today without God. Yeah. And that does not mean that I have to go to church. It means I always have to stay connected. And I believe that being with a partner who is even more connected, I feel, (laughs) is just a win-win. It's just different. So yes, I think you can. My answer would be yes. You totally can be. I actually have a tattoo um, written in the Georgian language, not Isn't that U.S. Georgian. Against the Bible. 
Does it say somewhere in the Bible you shouldn't have tattoos? Your body is the temple of God and you should not mark it up. What if you temp- what if you tattoo but God? But they say the same thing with piercings and everything too. That's true. But I have a tattoo written in the lang- Georgian language, not US Georgian, um, that says um, Christiani, Christian. And I really want to have gay ri- tattooed above it. Ooh. I really do. Nice one. I mean, not like anybody can read it. I've had one person read it before. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, anyways, totally true. Totally cap- capable. No reason that that can't happen. Right. Our last one for today. How can I find affirming and supportive resources within my church community? Fantastic question. That is uh, one that I know a lot of churches are working on, grappling with, providing resources. Where where are their lines if they're affirming or not affirming yet? Um, That is a tricky one. A lot of it comes down to Google. Um, people like often will like look for safe spaces mm-hmm. um, and supportive resources when they're coming out. I googled churches. I googled um, different or looked on Amazon for different books of stories of people and things like that. And that's where I found my resources. I didn't find any in my church. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. After I decided to come out and I. I actually emailed our pastor a little bit of my story. The brief conversation I ended up having with him was the most I got out of my church. Mm-hmm. And it was, we love you. Have at her. Yeah. Have at her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he said that. Uh, he didn't really mean it like no, that. But, but um, we're Good searching. Luck to you, Melody. Yeah, right. Um, but he was just like really reiterating, we love you. And I knew that, um, but I knew I couldn't be there and there were no resources from that church. Yeah. Other than if I wanted to sit down and talk with somebody and have them pray the gay way. Yeah. I knew that was kind of where it would be. Um, so if you're on the church side and, um, you're looking for how to support people, First, look at these first five things that this is where we are at. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything you can do to help meet um, people where they're at in this journey of being a supportive church, being a supportive friend, um, family, all that kind of stuff, help them. If you, your church isn't affirming and it's not a safe space for them, help them find somewhere that is. Mm-hmm. Um and work towards what you need to do to become affirming. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't we want to attract more people to the church? I believe we do. Mm-hmm. First place people should run. Exactly. That's the first place I ran when I got sober. Well, actually, not the first place. I was told to go there. But then after that, it was that moment that I believed in God again. Mm-hmm. There was no doubt in my mind. Totally. And it still took me another 10 years to come out because of that fear. It's so scary. And it's so, like, and Tamar, like, she waited 10 years after she became sober, but, and she was scared. She wasn't raised in the community that said it was wrong. No. And my friends were incredibly supportive. Yeah. My family has been supportive. Yeah. My mom, in fact, said, oh, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like I already knew that when yeah. you were young. So to have your mom... Tell you 
she thought you were gay. Like, hello. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, thanks, Mom. She goes, well, you were a bit of a tomboy. I'm like, okay, let's not get into the stereotypical (laughs) here because that means nothing. But... You know, I was very fortunate, but it was still a scary thing to very, come out. Very, very scary. You know, I was talking with a good friend of mine before who has actually been married to a woman. And she's currently married to a man, so she considers herself bisexual. Mm-hmm. She said, you love who you love. And I've fallen in love with two women. And she said, one of the reasons, and she goes, I love my husband. But she said, one of the reasons why if I was single, I don't know if I would go back is because I... I'm scared of what this world is becoming. She mm-hmm. said, especially down here in the U.S., the fear of traveling and not being able to show your partner affection because you're not sure if there's someone that is going to, you know, shoot you. Or it's a very real possibility. And I think a lot of, a lot of us in the LGBTQ community, as soon as that stuff starts happening, I know for me personally, I think religion right away. Yeah. And that's sad. It should not be like that. It shouldn't. No. Because I needed that when I got sober. Right? Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Ponder these thoughts. Tune in next week Mm -hmm. for the rest of this list that we've... Part two. Part two. Oh, yeah. Cliffhanger. Ooh, what should we do as a cliffhanger? I don't know. I have no idea. But it'll be good. It'll be good. There's... (laughs) (laughs) Tune in next week as we discuss... Five more points. And if Melody just blew your eardrums, I have asked her to like keep it down. There's still podcast uh, etiquette. It takes time, babe. I know. Time takes time. But you're doing great. Yeah, time takes time. <laughs> you must listen to my other show. <laughs> Sometimes. All right. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to reach out, if you are needing help, do so. We're here to, we're here to listen. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're not here to judge. Exactly. We love you all. Have a great week. Goodbye. Bye.